Hello, my friends. Welcome to Detox Podcast. I am Denise, your host. This is episode 72. It's called Worship Full Moon. And today is January 1st, 2021. Can you believe? I feel really good. I feel really, really good today. And I was going to skip recording an episode today just because it's like a holiday. But you know what? Every year around this time, I see my numbers in listeners go way up. And I felt like it would be a really good time to talk to you, to provide a little bit of solidarity, to talk about the idea of ritual uh, within this episode. Uh, This poem is a little bit about ritual, but it's also more so about turbulence within the self. And we've, we've met a lot of turbulence from outside ourselves this past year, and it's not over. So while things might be more hopeful and more feel lighter now, they also might not for you. They might still feel very heavy and hopeless. And you might be one of the bajillion people questioning their substance use at this time. Every year we come to New Year's, I know so many people whose sober dates are like January 1st. New Year's Eve was their last hurrah, and they decided to either stop drinking for just a year, a month, or forever, or, you know, they it was their first kind of starts and attempts at shifting from constant substance use to freedom from substance use. So I'm happy to be here with you. I couldn't imagine doing anything else right now with my time. So thank you for listening and let's get into this one, this poem. Actually, you know what? If you're new here, I'll tell you a little bit about what this podcast is about. Uh, It is a deep dive into my poetry collection, Pick Your Poison. We're almost on volume one and then we'll be moving on to volume two very shortly in the next coming weeks here. Actually, Next week will be the last episode for this volume one, and then we'll move on to volume two. And I wrote these poetry books while I was in recovery from alcohol use and alcohol addiction. And so I talk about one poem each episode. I dive into the emotions I was feeling, the situations and the things that I've learned and the things that helped me through those different situations. It's a whole myriad of all these different scenarios that we, we face in addiction and recovery and how we interact with ourselves and all these different situations out in the world. Uh, So yeah, this one, this poem is called Worship Full Moon. My spirit is swinging like a scythe. Is it the full moon that pulls my heart tied? Or is it you again, planting crooked kisses on my shivering feet? I'm gonna read it again. My spirit is swinging like a scythe. Is it the full moon that pulls at my heart tide? Or is it you again, planting crooked kisses on my shivering feet? And when I entered into sobriety, I, over the course of hip sobriety school, became more and more spiritual, recognizing that for me, it made sense that everything was happening for a reason, that this whole 
dark period of my life was meant to put me in a place and place me on a trajectory of learning some really hard things and then entering into sobriety to learn even more hard things in order to live more fully and authentically. And I became very in tune with the moon and the lunar calendar, the lunar cycle. And I work in EMS. So I work at ambulance dispatch and like, it's kind of a myth, but it's also kind of true that on full moons, things get a bit wild. We see like increase in sort of anger driven assaults and people doing kind of weird stuff. (laughs) And like the call volume increases during these times at the full moon. And it's a strange phenomenon, but honestly, I feel it in myself. When the moon is full, I, I love astrology and I think it's super fun. And the idea that the moon can affect my emotions is interesting because I've, that's been my experience. Different emotions depending on what sign the moon is in or how much that specific moon affects my astrological blueprint. And I started to to get in tune with the idea that like, oh, maybe these really turbulent sensations inside of me are, you know, affected by the moon. And perhaps it's not the addiction and the post-acute withdrawal syndrome that's making me have these wild mood swings. Uh, It says my spirit is swinging like a scythe. It felt like I was like a pendulum swinging back and forth between like depression and mania and uh, obviously not true depression and true mania for me because I, I'm not, I don't have bipolar or, or mental illness like that. But in recovery, we do experience post-acute withdrawal syndrome, which is the body and mind, the chemicals within us trying to recalibrate to, to normalcy without a substance. So we, we remove the substance, which was helping to regulate our emotions, regulate our, our hormones, and all these different things that are being, all these chemicals that are being released in the body are kind of on this new substance-assisted schedule. And once the substance is gone, it's like, okay, well, what the, f- what the fuck now? Like, uh, how does my body doesn't know how to regulate itself properly without the help. So the, the lows are low and the highs are high and it, you cycle through it quite quickly and it's different for each person, right? It can last between three months to two years. So there was this roller coaster of emotions and I'm thinking is it the moon or is it post-acute withdrawal syndrome is it both is it neither am I just actually having a response to something in my life that's going on what is this and I had a lot of questions during this time it was really hard to determine like what what the cause was and that's sort of part of this whole journey of recovery is is coming closer back to yourself learning to actually listen to yourself and and hearing the truth within 
sounds very cheesy, but it's, it's, it's knowing why you are feeling a certain way instead of just responding. Like in the past, if I were upset or happy or mad or sad or excited, it would, the response would be to drink. It was a reward and a punishment. It was something to soothe the weary soul, but also to share in, in a festive, cheerful way. It, it in itself was a very ritualistic thing. It was like the anchor of life. Anything happened, this was the, the, the sun in the middle of the solar system. The alcohol was the centerpiece. And when you're doing that, you're not analyzing why. Because the alcohol innately takes that away. As soon as you you drink, the brain is, is done processing. It doesn't need to figure out, oh, I wonder why I feel this way. And oh, I'm just going to go down this path and see where it goes. Like it, it stops. It puts its full stop. Now alcohol has been introduced and emotions can no longer be processed at this time. And we can't learn. The thing that we're learning is that alcohol is the answer to whatever situation that we were just in. Not listening to ourselves, not exploring deeper, not getting closer to ourselves. It's about getting further away from ourselves. And recovery is not so much like recovering from a substance. It's more recovering who you really are without that substance. Recovering who you used to be before addiction. And so I want to talk about the importance of ritual and the difference between routine and ritual in, and how they can work together. In recovery, it was very important for me to establish a morning routine. This included, the first thing I did was grab a hot cup of lemon water, hot lemon water, I would sit down and I would set an intention for the day or a mantra. This was part of hip sobriety school, now called Tempest Sobriety School. And it would be things like, I am grateful for this moment, or I can do hard things, or I'm willing to start before I'm ready. And you would sit with that, drinking this hot lemon water, I would sit with it and I would think about that mantra that intention, that response. And even though it, it didn't feel true or what, like I still said it. And the importance of this thing was to keep it throughout the whole day. So as I would face the day, something really annoying would happen. And instead of being like, oh, this is so stupid. Oh, fuck this. I would say, hmm, I'm grateful for this moment. even this moment of discomfort or annoyance, I'm grateful for it. I met with a challenge at work that normally would send me into a, a tailspin. No, you know what? I can do hard things. I can face this head on and I can do this. I can sit in this discomfort. I can meet this conflict. I can. 
or the idea of readiness, this fake false idea of readiness, you will never be ready. No one is ever ready, truly ready without any sort of, are we, what are we waiting for? Fear to just magically disappear? Because we waited long enough? We're waiting for the planets to align? And suddenly it's written in the sky? Begin now? I'm happy if you've received a sign like this, that would be very nice. Uh, but most of us have to just decide that we're going to start. Even though we're racked with fear, even though we don't know what's going to happen. We're facing the unknown and it's terrifying. It's uncharted territory, but we gotta do it. We just have to take that first step into the void. And so these routines were important because they started my day off slowly because in addiction, especially with a depressive substance like alcohol, what happens is that you start off really, um, if you're hungover, right? You, you wake up, you're either hungover or still drunk or tired or at least from not sleeping very well because your body was filled with rocket fuel as you slept or laid unconscious as I mostly did. Um, your body is already in this state of like, holy shit, what have you done to me? It's trying to repair itself. The nervous system is fried right off the bat. Your alarm goes off because of course you're not going to wake up before your alarm because you're past the fuck out and it, it's blaring and you're like oh my god and you have to jump up and like you you can't pull yourself out of bed early enough because you're not rested you don't feel good you feel ill and you hate yourself and you uh you're you're already like you're already at a hundred you know you're running at a hundred you're already like overheating by the time five minutes has passed and you only got five minutes into your day and you're already like way too high and the whole day is just filled with stress of hiding how bad you really feel about battling a hangover battling does anybody can anybody smell how much alcohol is on my breath right now do people know that there's wine in my coffee mug do like you know all this stuff so uh you're you're just like you're fighting an uphill battle and then at the end of the day you take this alcohol and it immediately bottoms you out. And, and that's the only thing that can take you from 100 down back to zero. And then it begins again. It's like 100, zero, 100, zero, 100, zero. Swinging like a scythe. Hmm. Like death knocking on your door every day and you pushing it away just for a little longer but yes this ritual in the morning this routine in the morning start slow intentional you're putting nice warm lemon water which is good for the digestive system 
into your body. You're setting a positive intention that you are going to meet discomfort throughout the day with this positivity instead of negativity, reframing and rewiring the brain. And then by the end of the day, you're not at a hundred. Maybe you're just at 50 and you don't need something so severe to take you down to zero. Perhaps a bath will actually work. Perhaps a nice herbal holy basil tea will actually work. See what I'm saying? That kind of routine. And you know what? Routine always kind of freaked me out because I always hated this idea of like discipline. And But for me, discipline was the fact I, I could, couldn't possibly be a disciplined person because I was addicted to alcohol and couldn't possibly make myself stop. I had no self-control. I had no discipline. I couldn't stick to a workout regimen. I couldn't stick to a diet. I couldn't stick to sleeping the proper amount every night. Couldn't stick to drinking enough water throughout the day. Couldn't stick to not racking up my credit card. I was not disciplined. And that's how I saw it. And it wasn't until recently <laughs> that someone was like, no, like you, you go to work every day on time. You pay your bills, you do all sorts of stuff that's disciplined. And it was because I was failing at like diet culture and failing at dismantling an addiction that I felt like I wasn't disciplined. And so I always kind of shied away from the idea of routine because it was like, oh, well, I've never been able to stick to anything in my life. I, I can't just like can't just pick up a routine and do it every day because that's always failed in the past. And that's where we shift to ritual. Ritual is not the same as routine. Routine provides structure and normalcy and stability. And then ritual, on the other hand, is something that provides an anchor during turbulence, during tumultuous times, it is the order to the chaos. And I, so I started doing lots of things like this past year, I've opened up a business in the middle of a pandemic. I cannot tell you the level of stress and anxiety that I was feeling. I was terrified and I don't, I don't know how I survived that level of stress and I'm actually worried that it has had negative impacts that I don't know about yet. So I'm very dedicated now to doing everything I possibly can to lead a very low stress life. However, during that time, I had to remember, okay, I had all of these tools in my toolbox from sobriety. Let's pull these out. And so ritual is something that has become very dear to me. It is. It doesn't have to look like anything specific. It is something that's going to work for you. So some things that I did was like, I there's this local witch here in Edmonton named Salem. She uh, runs a company called The Caravan and she creates ritual candles, incenses, 
so fumigates, uh, oils, and such. And so I got her Dark Luna oil, which was specific for a few things, for uh, new moon and lunar workings, uh, really mentally difficult and emotionally difficult menstrual cycles, as well as just really dark times of fear. And when I'm not doing proper self-care and not taking care of myself, I my menstrual cycle gets very difficult emotionally and mentally. I catastrophize and the anxiety and fear become unbearable. And so this seemed like a thing for me and I would like anoint myself with it. I would put it in my bath and I would, um, I would meditate with it and I would just like ask for fear to become my friend instead of my enemy, to walk with me instead of against me. And this kind of ritual with fear and when I face fear, using a tool to kind of invite the fear in and to also work with it instead of just suffering an inexplicable wildness, it gave like a focal point to the chaos. Something to focus on, and but that, that wasn't the same as escapism, you know? It wasn't like, oh God, I need to get rid of this feeling so bad. What do I do? And like in the past, I would drink. Now it's like, okay, well, escapism, we're trying our best not to do stuff like that anymore. We're trying to learn how to be with ourselves and be with our emotions and meet the discomfort and the pain. And and so when we, we invoke ritual into it, it creates almost a magical experience around suffering. And so you can do things, like I said, I would put this oil into the bath. Baths are already super soothing for the nervous system. Almost every single person I know in recovery takes baths as part of their toolkit for staying sober. And you can dress it up in so many different fun ways, like putting these oils in, using different essential oils, using crystals. You can put crystals into the bath, but make sure you do your research on crystals because some like uh, either disintegrate in water or they release lead into the water and then you would be poisoning yourself, which is the exact opposite of what we would want to do. Um, for those things that you want to use a crystal, but it can't go in the water, I suppose you could just put it like around the outside of the tub, you know? Um, candles. You can buy ritual candles. You can make ritual candles. Uh, I went to a workshop once where I got taught how to make ritual candles. But honestly, like if you take any sort of candle and just like put your intentions into it, inscribe it with whatever imagery you want. If you even want imagery, you can put oil on it. You can dress it all up. You can do so many things. Um, you can use different types of aromatherapy. You can... Um, 
say different specific things and and make a ritual out of it and this anchor in the storm i also love to do things like tarot card reading when i'm confused and scared and and feeling lots of anxiety i will pull some tarot cards and try to make sense of it and i understand that sometimes there isn't sense to it and sometimes you're not in a place where you can see the sense in it but the act of exploring deeper in the midst of this this chaos it helps to then you're like an active participant in it instead of trying to avoid and trying to run away and ignore and escape and the more we work intentionally ritualistically with these difficult situations and difficult emotions we become partners and co-creators of the experience that we're having. And it can really help to process the emotion, to release the emotion, and to go through it in an authentic and intentional way that will help to alleviate the suffering faster than if you were to ignore it and push it under the rug. Ritual has become a staple in my life. Working with the moon, working with the planets, working with my menstrual cycle, working with the earth and local stuff that is local to where I live. And a ritual can be whatever you want it to be. It's something that's going to have to work for you. I would love to know if you have ritual practices for recovery. I would absolutely love to hear about them because I'm always willing and and wanting to add to my own. I also do tea leaf reading. That's part of it. It's very cool. I I work with my the different aspects of myself. Like my inner child, my shadow, my higher self, my ego. I invite them in all the time for guidance and for like if there's something I need to know if I'm if I some part of me needs attention and the more we do this the more in tune with ourselves we get and the, then the more intuitive we get going forward and it becomes easier each time to know how we truly feel about things and and then we remember Oh, I've been here before. I've felt this fear before. And I handled it. I did this. I did that. And I'm going to do that again because it worked. Or I'm going to try something different because what I did last time didn't work. And just playing with it, becoming curious with it. Inviting 
ritual into your life can be so healing. And then we will know if it is the moon or post-acute withdrawal syndrome, our cravings or our children or our coworkers who are causing us to feel something. I'm so grateful to be coming to you here on this first day of 2021. My words for 2021 are connection and flow because I want to be more connected to myself. I want to be more connected to spirit. I want to be more connected to the people in my life that I love and more connected to community more connected to my creativity, my intuition, just more connectedness. It's all connected. And then flow, because it's just, they kind of go hand in hand, like being in flow instead of forcing things, expecting things to go specific ways, and then being disappointed, just being easy in the flow and going, just going with the flow of the universe, where it wants to take me. I'm here for it. <laughs> and I also wanted to share what my New Year's resolution is. Because typically I don't do resolutions because again, they were all wrapped up usually in like diet culture. And I always felt gross about that. And anytime I tried to do anything like that, like I'm gonna eat chicken and broccoli every day and I'm going to go to the gym every day and I'm going to start practicing yoga every day and I'm going to meditate every day and like it has never stuck. It's never stuck. <laughs> and because I truly believe that like doing these things aren't actually what you're supposed to do. I don't think you're supposed to make yourself do these diets or these workout regimens because what like the question is more about why you're doing it I don't know so if that's what you're up to all the power to you I hope you get what you're looking for and you are fulfilled in your your search But my resolution for 2021 is to allow myself to be angry. I've been working with my therapist over the past couple weeks on emotional bypassing in which in certain situations, I won't allow myself to feel anything or I will feel something, but I will not allow myself to express it. I'm more interested in keeping the peace, making other people more comfortable. And there's this fear of being labeled as too dramatic or too much. And I'm very fearful of the idea of people thinking like I'm out of control or I, my feelings towards something won't be taken seriously because I didn't come 
to it in a cool, calm, collected manner, you know? But I'm reading a book called When the Body Says No by Dr. Gabor Mate. And have you read it? <laughs> it's blowing my mind. I think it should be on everyone's required reading list. It's all about these different like personality types and ways people suppress emotion and all these different sort of categories of people of the way they suppress specific emotions and how they all later on develop the same disease like ALS or MS or breast cancer. It's a lot of suppressed anger and being really nice. And it's really hitting home for me. It's saying that if you had no childhood boundaries, your whole life up until the point where you realize that boundaries are a thing that are good to have or even exist at all. I, I wasn't until I was like 25. Like it wasn't until I started getting sober that I realized what boundaries were and how to make them and that they were important. Before that, I was the person who always said yes to everything. A favor? Yep, I'm your girl. And I didn't know how to not take on other people's emotional shit. If someone was doing something that was upsetting me, I didn't know how to tell them. Um, and I would just try to keep the peace. Chill, harmony, no rocking the boat. I'm the positive, well-mannered, nice person. And while that's all good, I'm holding on to a lot of suppressed shit. I'm holding on to anger because of fear of how I will be perceived if I were to express that anger. So that's what I'm doing. I'm allowing myself to be angry and to express my anger. I'd also love to hear about what your themes or ideas for 2021 are. So if you follow me on Instagram or on Facebook or something, you can find me at Denise JWA on Instagram, D-E-N-I-S-E-J-W-A. And tell me, I'd love, I would love, love to hear your thoughts for 2021, your rituals that you have, Thank you so much for tuning in today. I love you all. I wish you so much luck on whatever path you're on. You're killing it. You're doing it. You're doing awesome. So much love to you. See you next time. Oh, I'm going to finish by reading the poem. Allow me to close out by reading this poem. Worship. Full moon. My spirit is swinging like a scythe. Is it the full moon that pulls my heart tied? Or is it you again, planting crooked kisses on my shivering feet? Much love, see you next time.